0: Here we are, born to be kings, we're the
2: Welcome, everybody, to this week's Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and joining me, my co-hosts, the Ramirez to my Connor McLeod, the Sphinx.
0: Yeah, I'll take that. Yep. And and the
2: Duncan McLeod to my Connor McLeod, Hovercraft Joe.
0: Uh, thanks. I, do, I barely get your deep references, but I appreciate
2: it. Uh, Duncan McLeod was the name of... Uh, the the Highlander in the Highlander TV show.
0: Oh, yeah. Adrian Paul. Adrian Paul.
2: I gave you the Adrian Paul. Okay. Yeah. Right. So as okay. you can tell by the opening, we're doing
0: uh we're doing Highlander. It's true. Yeah. And I feel like we we kind of picked this because we did want to do a Sean Connery movie. We did. And we we had just unfortunately cuz of the timing we had art we had just done the Bond movie that was not a Connery one, so right uh we We were kind of trying to find something that you know that he was in that we could cover and i, I just kind of came up, and I think it
1: was it was a good thing yeah we've discussed it before, uh you know doing it, and uh it just seemed like the right time to say let 's do it
2: yeah this was what, when we when uh Sphinx and I started kind of getting this podcast together, we made a list of movies this was one of the first movies I put on my list and you know it just took us a while to get to it um but this is a movie i've seen a lot uh i saw it when it was on tv once and then immediately went out and rented it and ended up renting the second one as well and then i started watching the tv show not because the second movie was any good i mean, that second movie was terrible but I, I was intrigued by the whole concept of this and i've seen it several times since
1: how about you hovercraft joe what's uh, your experiences with the film
0: uh, well, this is my first time watching it. <laughs> uh, no. I, I, I feel like I had seen like bits and pieces of it before. There were some scenes in it that I that seemed really familiar to me. Um, I, I, you know, I'm familiar with the concept and kind of the the franchise. I, I didn't, I've never really seen any of the movies or watched the show, but it's kind of one of those things that I just knew about. But this was definitely my first time sitting down and uh, watching the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I'm actually pretty similar. I think I've seen this whole movie, but never in one sitting. Like, I feel like I've seen it in random parts here and there for a really long time, and it's always kind of intrigued me. But I think this is the first time I've ever put it all together. So, because, I mean, obviously there are some very, very famous things to this movie, and in all honesty, based on how my taste of movies has been on this show cult classics have not been my (laughs) go-to movies and this (laughs) definitely fits that mold. Um, so I'm interested to discuss it. Um, and I'm interested in that hovercraft Joe, this is your first time and LPG LPJ obviously loves this movie. So I'm curious kind of how this is going to unfold as we go over it.
2: How how did you guys see this movie? Did you run it on, uh, like Amazon? It was on Amazon Prime, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: that's well, all I saw. I, I watched it on
0: Prime, Okay.
2: Yeah. So the first f- several times that I watched this movie was the VHS. the v- mm-hmm. The original VHS for this was not a good transfer. It was really dark, so you couldn't see some of it. And mm-hmm. there were several parts of the original U.S. release that were cut. Yeah, I saw
1: like ten or twelve minutes were cut from the U.S. version. It's a good portion
2: of. There's an entire backstory. It's not a long backstory, but of his uh, his housekeeper, his assistant.
1: Like Mm -hmm. that
2: whole backstory. This is the first time I've seen it because the copies, the versions I've always seen were the original U.S. release. Um, so there's so it was interesting watching it now because there's there's new parts of this movie that I hadn't seen. And so okay. uh you guys are actually seeing the full movie for the first time so
1: I will also say I was kind of surprised that Sean Connery is not in this a lot. I I thought he well, was a much larger character. Yeah. And and maybe we'll go over this, but Sean right. Connery was very Sean Connery in this movie. He was.
2: <laughs> I mean, he only they only had him for a week. Yeah. So they had to squeeze all of his stuff in as much as they can. Um but, I will say this, like the last movie we covered, everybody on this film enjoyed making it, and yeah. uh was all gung ho to do the sequel uh I, the sequel's terrible like it's it <laughs> might be one of the worst movies ever made um uh, but that's really? not it's not the fault of the director i will get into that later um uh, but uh but yeah, everybody loved making this movie and had a great time making it, apparently okay.
1: Uh, do I want to uh, roll through the cast, uh, Hovercraft trip? or Or actually, uh, the yeah, the movie itself? Yeah, let's hit some of the numbers here. Uh, so
0: release date on this is March seventh, nineteen 1986. Um, one
1: month before my birthday.
0: <laughs> budget, I got a little bit... Before of I was born. Sorry, not my birthday.
1: My apologies. <laughs> one month almost to the date before I was born. Sorry. <laughs>
0: um, so the budget, I got a little bit of discrepancy. Some said $16 some said $19 million, But in that range... Uh, same with the the domestic gross. Either it was like five five point nine or five point seven million. So not great. in that. I mean, everything
1: I saw, it lost money. It was not. Yeah. A it, yeah. E- even a worldwide
0: gross of twelve million, it's still not a success. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes of sixty nine percent and an audience score of seventy nine percent, which kind of tracks for its cult classic status. Um, as far as the top grossing movies of 1986, uh, number one is Top Gun, which we have covered, or you guys have covered, uh, number two, Crocodile Dundee, uh, and number three is Platoon, uh, Highlander came in 98th for the year, uh, and other movies that we have covered, uh, number seven, Aliens, number 50, The Delta Force, (laughs) and... (laughs) Number 71, Big Trouble
1: in Little China. Another cult classic.
0: Yes. Yep. So I always, I, for some reason, I'm always, whenever we do a movie in 86, I'm always surprised to see that Big Trouble in Little China is so low on the list. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that is just kind of like a cult. Like, it wasn't like a blockbuster box office success. Yeah. So,
2: And that's what this movie was. Like, it didn't, it gained steam over time. Like, after the dvd after the vhs release i think it was the vhs release and you know the fact that queen did the soundtrack is what kind of kind of escalated it especially after freddie mercury passed away um it really kind of took off
1: yeah cuz the the queen album it's a kind of magic which is obviously taken from the movie you know quote uh was their last really big hit album yeah because it was, I think, not even a year later, he, yeah, he he shared with the world that that he had contracted HIV. So, yep. yep. So our cast, um, we got Christopher Lambert, right? As Christopher our, Lambert, Lambert. Sorry, <laughs> Lambert. he's French. But he's well. Lambert. That's the weird thing. He's well, American. He's American, but he's American.
2: But, did, but didn't know English. He's American, but grew up in. Um, I think the Netherlands or somewhere. He grew up overseas and only spoke French.
1: Yeah, which they said they signed him on to do this movie, but he spoke no English when they <laughs> signed him on. Yeah. So when I read that, I'm like, why in the fuck did you sign him if he didn't know English? They didn't know that. Like he, how did you not know it? Did you you, <laughs> you just you just hired him to be the lead in your movie? Well, that's without- kind
2: of that's kind of the thing they based it on. The last movie he did before this was uh, a movie about Tarzan in which he played Tarzan, so he didn't have any speaking lines. <laughs> he just had the right look they wanted, so they hired him based on that.
1: Man, that's, that's crazy. I also saw he was married to Diane Ling. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, Diane Lane. yep.
1: And then uh, he was pretty serious as a girlfriend. You know, his girlfriend was Sophie Marcel from James Bond, The World is Not Enough. Oh. So I didn't know that either. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, that just baffles me that he didn't speak. I mean, it seemed very obvious that the dude didn't know English very well, (laughs) uh, from this role, but you know, whatever. Uh, and then we got Sean Connery, right? Obviously why, why we're doing this movie to begin with. Um, I have to say I laughed really hard when I researched and found this out about Sean Connery. So, in the very beginning of the film, you know when they've got the, the red lettering to describe kind of what's going on in the film, yeah, <laughs> the, he, he recorded that in a bathroom in a Spanish villa. So apparently they liked the echo of the bathroom in the Spanish villa, so that's the, the one that they used. But what I found to be more funny was why he was in a Spanish villa. And it's because he was working on his Spanish accent for the film. It's, maybe I didn't hear it right, but there is no fucking Spanish accent coming from Sean Connery in this movie at all.
2: No, no. And, and the story behind that echo, when they played it for the executives, they played it over a phone so they couldn't tell it was an echo. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just just crazy. Cause I I just yeah. I laughed so hard. I was he, like, wait, he was he was in Spain to train for an accent for this movie? What happened? <laughs> because yeah. there is no accent. No, and, and no point does he even speak Spanish at
2: any point in this? No.
1: Yeah, besides so, saying
2: his right. name, I guess, besides saying Ramirez. But then technically, too, he's, he's not Spanish. He's Egyptian, he's right? He's Egyptian. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah.
1: So why, why would it even be necessary? Knowing Sean Connery, it was probably just an excuse for him to vacation and golf in Spain for that's, a couple <laughs> of weeks. That's <laughs>
2: probably true. <laughs>
1: right? He's like, You want me to be in what fucking movie? <laughs> I, got, I got to speak, I got to talk with what accent? All right, will I be able to golf for a few weeks? All right, I'm in. (laughs) It's got to be how that conversation went down. Uh, Then we've got Clancy Brown, who is uh, our villain. Uh, I think was the highlight of the movie, to be completely honest. Yeah, he's Uh, great. Gerger, is that right? That's how you say his
0: name? Kurgan, Victor Kurgan.
1: Yeah. And uh, I just remembered him. He's a security guard from Shawshank Redemption. That's where I saw him. He's Uh, also
0: in... uh... Oh go ahead. He's the voice of Lex Luthor. And he's in Starship Troopers. He's, he's in like the Troopers. The, uh, oh, that's he's right. The, he's one of the he, officers, right? He's like the drill sergeant in wow. uh Sergeant uh, Starship Troopers. So he does a lot of right. he does a
2: ton of voiceover work.
0: Yeah. yeah. He does the uh you know, this is a weird one, but not a weird one, but he's just the voice of Surtur and uh yep. Thor Ragnarok. That's right. He that's nice, ground, so yeah. yeah.
1: And then the only other name I, I put down, but I don't have anything to say about her, is Roxanne Hart, who was Megan, right? Or Mary? Can't remember. Brenda? Her name. Brenda? <laughs> Brenda. Wow. Uh, Brenda. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't remember her being in anything else.
1: No. So, yeah. All right.
0: Um, so, net worth won't we'll be going through a ton. I have a couple for you. Um, so the first one I have is Clancy Brown. What do you think for Clancy Brown?
1: Uh, five million?
0: I'll say seven. Okay. Three million. Okay. Um, and then the only other one I have is uh, Christopher Lambert.
1: 20?
2: Oh, I don't know. He's got that sweet Mortal Kombat money.
0: Uh, <laughs> is he rated? Is he rated? <laughs> He's rated. He's rated. Kombat, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 25. You guys are giving him too much credit. That <laughs> sweet, sweet Mortal Kombat money is not that much. He only has $5 million.
1: Oh, okay. So. All right. <laughs> I thought maybe there was more to him. I guess not. Uh, I also have here, uh, so the writer is Gregory Wyden. Yep. Right? And apparently he wrote this while a student at UCLA. Uh, and it was inspired by Ridley Scott's very first movie which was The Duelist so that that came out I think in 71 and that was just a few years before Wyden was at UCLA and that gave him the inspiration to do this film apparently it was a much darker first draft um but I still feel like this movie is kind of dark you know yeah there's
2: definitely parts of it that are very dark yeah, uh, and
1: there were quite a few rewrites. Um, one big one, for instance, is that he originally had it that the uh, the immortals were going to have children. They were allowed to have children, and he had a whole subplot about that. But they they did away with that. Yeah, so.
2: which I think is better. Um, and they expand upon all that in the actual like Highlander series as well. That's sort of okay, kind of like, not the crux of the series, but that's a that's a part of the series.
1: So, do you know? Does does he continue on with the story, or does someone else take over
2: in the series? Yeah, the series is totally it's totally separate. It's um, okay. Duncan McLeod, who was adopted by the McLeod clan about uh, like a hundred, hundred and fifty years after Connor left, okay. and um and it sort of just takes place more it's very much the the series takes place in this film very similarly to the way this film is where they set up like a modern scene and then it flashes back to something relevant in a in a earlier time and the whole the whole series is like that uh for the TV series <laughs>
0: And according to friend of the podcast, Dave, uh, Robert Daltrey of The Who is on, like, six episodes of it. He is,
2: yeah. Robert Daltrey's in quite a few, <laughs> a few episodes. There's a lot of, really? like, random guest stars that pop up in the show. Um, and uh, the last, not the last movie, but, like, the second or third to last movie, Connor comes back. And hmm. uh, they have, like, a final duel between the two of them. Interesting.
1: I love me some who. I love Roger Daltrey. (laughs) Anyway, Um, I think let's do the lightning round. Yeah. uh, We didn't do
2: taglines last time. You got taglines this time too?
1: There was only one tagline for true lies, so we didn't really miss much, but I do have them up for this one. Cool. All right. So once again, LPJ gave away one of the uh, lightning round Ah, questions. LPJ. Of course, but it's all good. Uh, I don't think you guys are going to get this first one, but we'll see. What other famous movie franchise has filmed in Lock Shield, Scotland?
2: Film franchise?
1: Yep. They filmed movies at the same location that Highlander was.
2: Uh, it, I think Braveheart was filmed near there.
1: Well, it's not a franchise. That's not a though, franchise, right? Uh, uh, Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Oh, yes, Nice. Uh, my second question was, what famous character did Chris Lambert Lambert play that made him a star? And That was Tarzan. Uh, Clancy Brown is the voice of what famous evil villain in a very popular video game franchise? So you guys did not mention that yet.
2: Uh, he's he's uh, he's the Joker, I think. Er mm, he's in he's in Arkham Asylum. But I'm trying to think what he would be in there.
0: I, I don't know.
1: So I, got, uh, I don't. Do you guys remember? I was on the episode of Legend of Retro that talked about this villain. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh, was it Halo? Nope. Oh. He is Doctor Neo Cortex from Crash Bandicoot. Oh. Oh. So, that game. Yep. So he's uh, he's at, he plays him in every single one of the movie uh, in every single one of the games. Uh, where was the opening scene supposed to be originally shot at instead of a wrestling fight?
0: Oh, a hockey game, an yeah. NHL game. But the NHL yeah. was like, nah, you can't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they were gonna focus on the violence of the hockey game. Right. Uh instead of the actual gameplay. And then kind of putting it, you know, for the end of the movie, where was the final fight scene originally supposed to be shot at? Statue of Liberty. It was the Statue of Liberty. Which that would have been really weird. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I've never been in the Statue of Liberty or at the Statue of Liberty for that matter, so I have no idea what it would look like inside.
0: No, uh, you've, well, seen the, you've seen the first X-Men movie. You know what it would be like.
1: I mean, honestly, I've been in the right. Statue of Liberty. It's a very accurate <laughs> portrayal. And uh, you've seen Ghostbusters 2. That's true. <laughs> in all honesty, X-Men is pretty spot on for what the Statue of Liberty looks like when you go in. I have been there. Oh, all right. Ghostbusters 2, not so much. <laughs> but Fair X-Men is kind of close. So that was that was my lightning round, all right? So, um, I want to talk about the music next, if you guys are okay yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, because absolutely. in all honesty, that's kind of my highlight of this movie, in my opinion, because uh, I did not know that Queen was responsible for the, the movie. I mean, I, Michael Kamen does the soundtrack, which Michael Kamen is a huge name that we've talked about yep. a Lethal whole yeah. bunch. Lethal Weapon. But honestly, his, yeah, his score isn't, I think his score is really hidden by the Queen songs that happen in this movie. Yes. Yeah, like,
0: I, I feel like his score, you're kind of like, oh, okay. And I mean, like, you couldn't, I, I, you could play, like, eight songs from this that are the Queen songs, and I would not pick them out. Like, you, that's the okay. only thing you remember is the Queen music.
1: Yeah, and I would say, like, as much as I enjoyed the music, I personally do not think any of these Queen songs fit this movie whatsoever. Uh, right. don't they just seem very random I think they're used kind of in random spots but I think they fit I think they I fit you think so maybe a couple maybe the the ballad which I can't remember are we gonna we're we gonna listen to the ballad yeah we'll listen to that all right well how about we just start with that right all now right, so here's the ballad is it love lasts forever so who right? wants to live forever? who wants to live forever who wants to live forever, to live forever? We thank go. you There we go
0: snow
2: a little taste of who wants to live forever.
1: And I mean, the way that they use that song in the movie, I do think it, it, it fits pretty well. You know, it's the romantic part, um, you know, when they're showing, if I remember right, it's the romantic part when, when he's back in the Highlands. So yeah, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I believe the other song that we were going to go with is Hammer to Fall. Yeah. Because that's, that's actually, I believe that's Queen's last major hit. Um, that they had on the radio uh, for the most part, and uh, it gets played, uh, kind of just passing by, kind of as a transition. I think they're in the car. Um, well, it's when in the, in when the modern Kur- day.
2: Well, it's when Kurgan is uh, driving around.
1: Yeah, wreaking so havoc and little-
2: running people over on the sidewalk.
1: Yeah, so here's a, here's a little taste of Hammer to Fall. So, I mean, Brian May, classic guitar riff that we got for this one. I love it. That just kind of dominates it. And, uh, yeah, good stuff there. Yep.
2: And then, Uh, of course, Princes of the Universe, which was kind of the theme of the whole movie itself.
1: Yeah. And so what I read, too, is that um, Queen was given an exclusive showing of the movie, and they were so moved by the movie, I guess, that they wrote additional songs for the soundtrack. I believe they only had like one or two songs originally planned for the film.
2: Yeah. Who, yeah. Wants, to, I, who wants to Live Forever was one of the ones that they added later on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, yeah, I saw that they originally were just going to do the one and then they saw it and they all, they were like inspired by it so much that they all wanted to make songs for it. So Yeah.
1: And then they just came out with the whole album. Um, yep. like we talked about earlier as well. So I have a little bit of a music role reversal yep. for some other people that were strongly considered to provide songs for this film. So I'm, I'm curious how you guys feel about it. Um, collaborator with Queen, David Bowie?
0: <laughs> sure. I, yeah. I can see it. I don't know. That huh. it,
1: see, that's the thing.
2: This This soundtrack is so iconic, to me at least, that I don't know that I can picture anybody else Making music for this.
1: See, I think Bowie could be a solid choice, personally. But you know, whatever. Uh Sting. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, you know, prime Sting though, right? This is right, Maybe. you yeah. know, he, he just broke up with the police and he's now going solo. I feel like that'd be pretty big. Uh the other one I don't know though is Duran Duran. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, don't no. I don't like that. Right. I, I'm not down with that. No. No. Nope. So those are the 3 that were strongly considered but they ended up giving it to Queen.
2: Yeah, I think Queen's so, the right choice.
1: And and really they gave it to Queen only because Queen just got off of their famous showing at Live Aid in 1985 cuz right. that kind of rejuvenated their career because yep. they were they were kind of dead for a few years there. So this this kind of gave them the opportunity to to get back in it. So I mean, I don't know if Hammer to Fall is quite Flash from Flash Gordon. But. Well, you know what is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got next? Oh, I can do the taglines. Taglines, yep. All right. So these are not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one, which, I mean, is the movie, right? There can only be one. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, sure, that fits perfectly. Uh, this one says from another time comes a man of incredible power he is immortal now he is about to face the ultimate challenge at stake is the greatest prize unmanageable god too long yeah no, no thanks yep don't worry this next one's even longer god oh, gosh. <laughs> he fought his first battle on the scottish highlands in 1536 he will fight his greatest battle on the streets of New York City in 1986. His name is Connor McLeod. He is immortal.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good summary of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Like, I like how specific they are with the dates, too. Like, That's really relevant for us. <laughs> and then the last one is just funny. Don't lose your head. Yeah, okay. You know what? That's not bad. <laughs> that one actually. Other
2: than other than there can be only one. Uh, that's probably my second favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yes, given those you know, choices, given the four I choices, agree. yeah, that's my second yeah, favorite. I agree.
1: <laughs> I, I would agree as well. So there you have it. Those are our taglines.
2: All right. Next, uh, get the plot. We ready to yeah. roll the plot? The plot anything else we- you want in?
0: Well, I don't know if you want to say anything about this director at all. I don't know if you. have Oh, Russell Mulcahy. About
2: um, I mean, he did a lot of music videos.
1: Um, yeah, but beyond I have that, a story. Yeah. Good. So this is very similar to when we had Sean Connery do the Rock. Apparently, Sean Connery frequently during his only one week or one month was it a week or a month? I can't remember. Then for week. a week. One week. During his one week, he would constantly get the director and the producers together to discuss what he thinks could be done better. (laughs) And it was very painfully said by Russ that we never asked for his help once. (laughs) Yet he continued to give it all throughout the week he was there. And I feel like that's exactly what we heard with the rock with uh, Michael Bay, right? He kept telling Michael Bay what to do. and even stuck his neck out for him. So, yeah. And that it, just seems like his MO. It does. Yeah. Right. It's just his like, thing. You know, when, when we found out Connery passed away a few weeks ago, you know, it's sad, whatever, but the dude was 90. Yeah. But at the same time, like we kind of had, we like the three of us, I think know Sean Connery's history and cinema, he doesn't seem to be a very pleasant guy to be around. <laughs> no. You know? So, you know, we're, we love his movies, but in terms of how he acted in real life, he seems like he was kind of a dick. Yeah. See, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things
2: where he seemed like he either liked you or he didn't like you.
1: Yeah. And that
2: was about Apparently it. Apparently,
1: like he, he, you know, he loved Christopher guy. Yeah, he loved Lambert. Yeah. Apparently, they're good friends. Who knew? Yeah. yeah we're, we're good friends. That- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know,
0: because he's dead, right?
1: <laughs> All right. Let's get started on the plot.
0: Um, th- like before we get into this, this is th- this is my maybe like I kind of want to throw this out there because maybe I'll can go because I feel like what I think this movie doesn't do a good job with, and it starts right off the top is I, I feel like it. And maybe this is just me, but I don't feel like it does a great job of explaining all its kind of like mythology stuff. Like it talks about the gathering and the quickening and this and that. And I don't like I don't feel like I don't know. Some of it I feel like doesn't get conveyed in the best way possible. No, I think you're
2: right. I think you're 100 percent right. And I think that's partially because they didn't know how to explain it, especially when you get into the second movie where they completely rewrite all of it. Um, but, uh, and I'll, and I'll get into that toward the end, but, um, but yeah, you're right. I, I, they kind of just give you these words, but they don't give you any kind of context or meaning behind the words.
0: Right. And the, the thing that I... I who cares? I'm going to ask it right up front. The thing that, and maybe this is something that I always thought was part of the Highlander mythology, and maybe it is, maybe it just wasn't conveyed to me in this movie, but it's like, I thought the whole thing was like, okay, the Highlanders, they're immortal, they can only be killed if you chop their head off. And I thought if you did that, like, you got their power, like, you, like, you became more powerful because you got their power. But I don't, I feel like this movie didn't portray that very well to me. Thank like you I,
1: so much for bringing that up. Because that's right. kind of... I want to ask it right now. I mean, spoiler, I guess for a 34 year old movie is the prize to be the only one to become mortal. Was that what I got from this?
2: Was that the prize? So the prize was at the end of this movie, the prize was if there's one left, that person becomes uh, able to know the thoughts of humans and what their desires are. What? And they get to become <laughs> mortal. Okay. And, and and have children. um, In the... Or no, not have children, but become mortal. In the long game, in like what they finally explain toward the end of like the TV series and the final movies is the person who becomes the one is the person who has the ability to have one child and that one child essentially becomes the Messiah. And, um... It goes on to unite the world. Uh, unite them for what? Unite like all people in the world essentially is what, <laughs> what the prize is. The prize is you, you, you are bringing – you are the father to the Messiah is essentially what it is. That's what they kind of – that's what they eventually come to in the TV series and the movies. But in this one, it's basically like, yeah, you can uh, you know help people understand other people and yeah. you get to be mortal. But and live a regular do, life.
0: But do you get more powerful if you yes. kill another Highlander? That's, okay.
2: Yeah, that's that and that's why the Kurgan is so much more powerful than Connor.
0: Okay. Is okay. he's
2: been around a lot longer and kills Ramirez, who's been around even longer, and has gained all this extra power.
0: Okay. Well and that that was confusing to me. I I know we're jumping around, but whatever. Because like when they talk about the quickening, like I thought that's what like when you killed another Highlander. Then the quickening happened. And you got your power, but then, like the first time Sean Connery shows up and meets Christopher Lambert, he's like, "Oh, that you felt that was the quickening," and like, "There's all that lightning." And I'm like, "Well, he didn't kill anyone." Think so. of
2: think of the quickening as like the Force.
0: Okay, so the quickening now, is hey, essentially hold on, hold the Force. On, now you're talking my language. Yeah, the, the quickening <laughs>
2: is essentially the Force, and okay. when you kill somebody, your access to the Force is increased.
0: Okay.
1: Right. Right. Okay. See, I thought the quickening was more of an event—that it was when these these immortals got together to do the final battles. That's the
2: gathering. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh. stupid me! Right. So the way the lore works is when there's you know less than let's say twenty highlanders left on the planet, they all start to feel the pull toward each other. And they all kind of convene in one location. And that's what the gathering is to, at at that point, determine who is going to be the
1: one. So then in 1986, there's only three of them left and two of them just happen to be in New York already because then his friend shows up and he doesn't last very long.
0: Well, I think there's more because they talk about how one of the things they reference is that there was like uh, another killing just the same happened
1: in like New Jersey. Right. And well, that's how the movie started, right? He took well, the right. old man. Yeah. Well, well, no, well, there's one beyond
0: and, that. There is one beyond that, and I think I remember reading uh, the one of like the deleted scenes or something was like the Kurgan like killing another Highlander, like right. that he has a fight with. So I think we're to believe maybe there's like ten or so that are kind of around, but we just don't get to see them all. Kind right. of right. So out.
2: like, so like the guy at the beginning uh, at the, that that Connor fights in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. He's already yeah he's a, facile. He's already gone off and killed like a couple other guys. Okay. And the Kurgan's been like in Jersey killing, kill the guy. <laughs> and, uh, you
1: know, they're oh, all the just guy. kind of convening. He's now. in Jersey killing guys. He was. <laughs> I, so, so this
0: movie does open up at a wrestling match where like Connor's there watching it. Uh, it has some flashbacks to his, uh, you know, earlier life in Scotland. Uh, he does have that fight with facile in the parking uh, structure or parking, like underground parking lot, especially at Madison Square Garden. Yep. I like when, like, Facile is like randomly doing, like, backflips for no reason in that scene. Here's the crazy part. I thought, that's I thought one he, f- he left
1: one time.
2: Th- I thought that's that he did the a- backflips and was leaving. That's <laughs> one of the parts that was cut. So, like, this is the first time I had seen that.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. Like, the backflips. So- they
2: had do doof- backflips the last time I saw it. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> He's an acrobat now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was so so random because they showed him doing backflips once and I thought I saw it wrong. I'm like, no, I'm like, maybe I just. And then he started doing them again. And I'm like, man, he really does a lot of backflips in this movie. But they, they have a pretty cool fight. And, you know, they're fighting on top of the cars and stuff like that. And he eventually, like, chops off his head. And like, you know, he gets like the power and he kind of like all the cars in the parking lot, like start like revving up and like their windshields explode. It's kind of a cool effect, the way that they make it look like I, I like right. that part of it.
1: Yeah, I did. Like the fight was really well done and well choreographed. And, and they said that um, they devoted a lot of time with a lot of their action fighting scenes with the swords to make sure that they made it as authentic as they could. And I think all the actors that are doing the sword fighting, it does play off really well. How they do it yeah so no, I agree with that yeah 100 percent I also read I thought it was kind of neat so how they made the sparks with the swords is they had wires attached to both of the guys and the wires were attached to the car batteries near them. And one wire was at the positive terminal and then the other wire was at the negative terminal. So legit, when they were sword fighting and connecting, that you know, that's real sparks shooting out. There. Yeah. I feel like hearing that, that sounds really dangerous, but yeah, I was gonna say that sounds <laughs> super dangerous to me. Like well,
0: whatever, it's nineteen eighty six. We're gonna plug <laughs> them into car batteries and start slashing at each other. I don't know. We so can try really it. Smart.
2: I'll get a couple of butter knives. You guys can come over. We'll hook them up to a car battery. It'll
0: be fine. Uh, okay, sounds good. Um, I I think one of the things, and I think it eventually gets it fine. But at the beginning of this movie, I kind of felt like it was move. Like I didn't like how much it was moving, like back and forth. You know, like I thought, right. like like I kind of think it got a better grit on it, but I think at this very beginning scene, it was a little overwhelming for how much it was going back to Scotland. Because it, it's like, we get this fight, and then we're back in Scotland, and he's fighting with his clan, and they're going to fight another clan. And then we're back in New York, and he's trying to leave the parking lot, and he gets arrested. And it's like, it was a little just d- disorienting at first to me. Disorienting. Yes, uh, that's
1: But that's the word I was looking for, is it's disorienting, because it doesn't help move plot around. Like, the two when they shoot back and forth and back and forth, there's no connection yet about why that is. Like, obviously we know he's in the modern day, but like, why is it that we see him in the Scotland Highlands as well? Like, I feel like they could have opened the movie in the parking garage, and then they could have done all the Scotland scenes and then gone back to Jersey. Like, I I feel like that would have done a lot better job.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they should have done, like, the whole opening fight scene, him leaving and getting arrested, and then maybe giving us some of the back, all of it in one chunk. I just, it was a little weird. Like I said, they keep doing the flashbacks to a lot of the movie, and I think they get more, I think they fit in more, and I think they do a better job But that. I think this opening sequence, to me, is just, like you said, a little disorienting, because especially when he's sitting there in the crowd, and he's just having these really quick flashes, and it's like, it, it was a little...
1: Confusing,
0: I would say, at the beginning of the movie, to me.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that, especially on a first watch. Yes, going back through, though, you know, after having seen it several times, but even like a second, third watch, it's a lot less disorienting because you already have a background as to what's going on. But I right. think you're absolutely right, though, being like a first time seeing it through, it's definitely a disorienting, disorienting way for them to have
0: film. <laughs> We're all having trouble with that word tonight. I know. Um,
1: but but yeah, yeah, we, we do get kind of his background story in the Highlands, which is, he's kind of a clan leader up in Scotland and, uh, there's this big battle against another clan, which is a cool scene, very Braveheart-like, 10 years before Braveheart. And that's where we also get, you know, introduced to the villain, right? The, the Kurgan, right? And, you know, he's very, um what do you call it from one of the rings he's very uh Soren like in like his yeah. helmet and his size and all he's that he's wearing like this like
0: bone armor he reminded me of the 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 one bad guy in the movie uh willow he has yes. got like a oh yeah like, there you go like that's what his his armor reminded me of a lot but um
1: yeah and so he's like he is aimed targeted right at you know Connor. so that's that's who he's going after well
0: yeah there's that funny bit where he kind of tells he's like all right he's like no one no one get connor McLeod." so like no one will fight connor in the battle and he's like no one will fight me he's like (laughs) he's kind of bummed about it so that was kind of funny to me
1: but then he gets his ass handed to him which i will say throughout the entire movie christopher lambeer gets the shit kicked out of him in this movie yeah he (laughs) kind of Yeah, he should have gotten paid a hell of a lot more for being in this movie, because he is just constantly beat up in this film. But anyway, he dies, right? Well, we think he dies. So, I don't really know how or why. Is it because the Kurgan killed him that then he becomes a high... Why is it that he becomes a mortal?
0: You know, I was confused by this, too, and this is what I'll say and then LBJ going, because I... I was talking to friend of the podcast, Dave, who's a big fan of this movie. We should have had him on for this episode, quite frankly, because I was confused too because I was like, oh, I was like he gets killed, and it seems like he's dead for a long time, but like when the curtain gets shot by the machine gun in the alley, he gets right back up and what Dave told me is that you don't it you don't kick into being in Highlander until you're killed the first time, right so like whenever you die the first time, that soon you become immortal, so you could be like. A fifty-year-old man and die, and then you find out you're a Highlander. That's what he told me, at least.
1: But how do you get picked? Or does everyone become it? It's when they you're die just the first born time? that way. You're just born. That's that kind way. of what they
2: explain. You're just nobody really knows why. Again, the second film they explain it, and it's terrible.
0: <laughs> okay, I, I thought they were immortal. I thought they had inside them blood of kings.
2: That's basically what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
0: Uh, Fair enough. I, I was just quoting the queen lyrics. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he wakes up one day and he's alive and his clan is fucking freaked out. <laughs>
2: and well, they it's basically the shit like shit out of him. It's of essentially like he's dead and then like 24 like hours later. Well, like 24 hours right. later he wakes up.
1: Yeah, he's like a, a witch or a demon or yeah. something like that. The devil, they keep calling him. Yeah, they
0: keep saying he has a devil inside of
1: him. Yeah, so they just beat the living shit out of him until he leaves town. And uh, yeah, he ends up kind of, to continue the story in Scotland, he just ends up finding this this area in Scotland to kind of hang out. And he finds a lovely blonde lady that becomes his first wife. And then that's where kind of Sean Connery randomly shows up as well as Ramirez. Well, it's not even random, um, because he he kind of
2: senses that he's in the area. Sean Connery's in the area tracking Kirkin, and he senses okay. that he senses that there's another Highlander there, and tracks down and figures out that it's Connor.
1: Got it. Okay. Right. So and then we, we kind of get eighties montage of you know yep. he becomes kind of his you know his uh, his teacher his mentor yeah and Connery well, goes I, through all of it. I, I like
0: that scene before the training montage where he's explaining him to his immortal and he just like dumps him in the lake. It was kind of it's kind of cheesy, but he's like at the bottom of the lake and he can't drown, so he's just kind of like walking around the bottom of the lake. I thought that, I I, I kind of liked that part as cheesy as it was.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what we see there. Uh, I do like how he makes fun of them and calls them haggis or whatever it is. He calls them a stupid haggis. Stupid haggis. Which have you guys ever had haggis? No. It's really good. <laughs> I mean, I've had it in Scotland, um, which I guess is probably the only place we'd want to have it, but it's pretty good stuff. Scotland, well, it- is a- Scotland is amazing, by the way. I've been there twice. I highly recommend it to any human being. It is absolutely fantastic, but and the people are the nicest people you will meet in the world. But sorry,
0: no, it's fine. Uh, Through and I would just <laughs> I just want to drop in throughout this like uh, training montage. We kind of get dropped in some more bits of the mythology. Like uh, mm-hmm. they can't, like they you, they won't fight each other on consecrated, consec. like uh, uh, holy say that ground, word. holy ground. Thank you, and that's where we also find out that Highlanders can't have children, and they kind of drop this in while. The, the training montage
1: is going on. Yep. We find out too, that the Kurgan is Russian. Yes. So I don't know if that was cause it's 1986 and the Russians are bad guys. We throw some <laughs> Cold war politics in there. I don't know.
0: Well, he's supposed <laughs> to be
2: a descendant of, um, Oh, I'm trying to think who it is now. I don't, know. I don't remember, but he's supposed to be the descendant of some Russian, uh, like czar.
1: Okay. Maybe Ivan the Terrible or something. Yeah,
2: I think it's like Ivan the Terrible or something along those lines. Yeah.
1: Okay, and so um, let's do this final scene with the flashback, and then we'll jump back into the modern day again. Yeah. So because ultimately the Kurgan ends up uh, finding Ramirez, right? And so we have a pretty, you know, pretty good fight. I did write down the special effects are pretty damn rough. It, <laughs> it really does look like like a TV movie special effects going on here, even for 1986. Like I'm comparing it to like Aliens, you know, which obviously is way higher budget with James Cameron, sure. but it it was still pretty rough. Uh, I just I couldn't mean, figure it out. Just, it just looks like cardboard rocks of this castle that's coming apart. But
0: I couldn't figure out why like parts of the wall kept like blowing up, and they were like <laughs> oh, hitting right. with their sword, they were like <sighs> And then, like,
1: the, the, like, i was like what's going on like
0: why are, why are these walls exploding i was confused
1: yeah and ramirez is doing a pretty good job on kurgan but well, he, gets it just, that, he gets that cut into his neck yeah which yeah. is kind of cool because he gets it but he doesn't get all the way through but
0: for the rest of the movie when they show the kurgan he has that huge scar on his neck
1: yeah it's just i like that but then we do see that kurgan finishes the job and beheads uh ramirez unfortunately and, and then we're done with Sean Connery, which like I mentioned in the beginning, it, it's kinda sad that he's really only in I don't know, 20 minutes of the movie? He's essentially Obi-Wan. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. And Obi- Obi-Wan power. that I think wants to sleep with uh Connor's wife. <laughs> didn't you kinda get the didn't you kinda get the feel that he kinda like was hitting on her at the end? <laughs> like Connor was Connor was gone. We don't know where Connor yeah, was, was on is-
0: that whole time that like yeah. the up would, and-
1: wouldn't he have had the force and wouldn't there have been a disruption in the force and he would have gone home to figure out what happened. I don't know. I can't answer that. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> there, there's a novelization that expands on
2: all that. Yeah. I think you should read it.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to. No. Yeah, no. I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> but, but meanwhile, you know, while all that was going on, we do find out that back in modern times, uh, he gets arrested, which I don't really know why they arrest him. Is it just because he was walking out of the parking garage that automatically makes you a suspect and you immediately get thrown in jail? I was kind of well, confused that. Well, I think it's that. because
2: he was the only one leaving the parking garage.
1: Okay. But then also, how did they know that there was a murder yet? I don't know. Like, Well, I right? think I like, think they what? were investigating the explosion. Okay, which is fine, but... I guess if he's the only one walking out, maybe. I don't know. It, it's he well, wasn't it, it, you know, walking out. You know, he was like
0: flying out pretty fast in his car. So, like, that's I, true. I, I, I was kind of confused too, but I, I think what I'm going to say is is, is that LPJ's right. Like, they were going to figure out what the explosion was, and all the cops were showing up to figure it out, and he was hauling ass out of there. So they stopped him because they're like, well, that's suspicious. And then he didn't react very well to the cops. He was even <laughs> no. more like, suspicious yep. so i think that's why they ended up taking him to, into custody
1: yeah and it's it's a pretty rough scene when he's in custody there's some not not very 2020 appropriate language being said there uh, about masculinity oh, yeah. and all that good stuff
0: and there's for um, some reason that uniformed officer is in there while they're doing the interrogation
1: i'm like why is that guy in there like i i wrote this down why are the cops so riled up on him you know, like, they act like he killed one of the cops. He just killed some other guy. Like, why are you so angry? Why is there so... Or he didn't. they don't, they don't even know that he killed them, right? They don't it's have just, the evidence to let him go. I
2: think it's just an 80s trope.
1: Yeah. I think it's just an 80s action trope. Sounds fair enough. So they let him go. Meanwhile, there is this woman uh, that is investigating the sword or the, 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 d- the crime scene. Well, see,
2: this what's crazy about her. She's the forensics analyst. But yeah. she's also, <laughs> it. She's also an antique sword enthusiast.
0: Yeah, she. Cause she wrote that book about like metallurgy and like yeah. weapons and stuff. That he's reading at the one point, which I do love that little bit when they. He finally like he pretends like he doesn't know her and he's like, "Oh, come over for dinner." And he's like, "Oh, he brought you a present." And it's her book.
1: <laughs> what a douchebag yeah. move! Yeah, <laughs> right? like, I, I got a I got a present for you. Oh, I know who you are, bitch! Like. I, but, he's, but she still falls for him, so
0: whatever. I don't know when the the best time to bring this up is, so I'll just mention it now. I really like uh, it's Sean Connery's sword, but then, like, Connor takes it, that katana that he yeah. has. I mm-hmm. thought that was a really cool kind of, like, because, cool. like, like, oh, go ahead.
2: I don't know that we necessarily need to get into all the nitty-gritty details of the plot. Um, yeah. We could certainly do that, but. Well, I there really some,
1: isn't much more. Right, <laughs> I, mean, I have some
2: backstory yeah. on that sword, actually.
1: All right, what do you got? So Go that
2: sword it. was created for Ramirez back in the, the 500s, uh, 593, by the you know, the Japanese genius or whatever. Mm-hmm. So after, in the, in the book, the way they explain it, after Ramirez dies, Connor takes the sword and then goes to Japan and learns from the clan that that sword master was from how to use it.
0: Oh yeah, I think I did see that. It, it's after um it's after his wife that ha- after Heather passes away. After Heather
2: away, passes after, away, yep.
0: She dies, she dies of old age and then I did see that that they said in the book he does go in that soon. Yeah, okay. Yep. I did see that. Um So but then we yeah, kinda but but
1: we okay, do kind of uh, see that Connor is also he's like an antiques dealer in the modern day, right? Is that what Isn't I'm getting it? out of that? Well, is that's he, thing. I guess I don't know. Yeah, he's an antiques dealer
2: because yeah. he's collected all of these things over the years, and that's kind of what they allude to throughout the series. All of these Highlanders, they essentially, they essentially obtain goods over the years and then sell them, and that's how they a lot of them gain their wealth.
0: His house was nice as heck, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. I liked his house. It was super nice,
1: and he has his own little. His own little special room where he, I guess he's got the, the antiques he doesn't want to sell yeah. that he just kind of he's got he's got the classic 80s like circle <laughs> that that's like inside the wall of the room. And, and but then but then he also has an assistant, Rachel, which we get a flashback that it seems like he's she's like the second wife because he saves her life. No, and not the Germany. He's not. No, she's
2: she's essentially his adopted daughter.
1: Oh, okay. So he treats her like a dog. And that whole scene,
2: that's one of the scenes that was added back into the movie. So this was the first time I had seen that.
1: Um, Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, uh, where you
1: just. It really really isn't necessary. What's that? Uh, Oh, God. I was going to say, it's not really that necessary.
2: No, but but they never explain. This is the first time I ever gotten an explanation of who she is. Like, they never really explained it. So imagine seeing the movie without that in it, trying to figure out what her place is in all this.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it does that much more because no. he's not really in it, but
2: no, okay. but yeah. But so, he, so basically he finds her in Nazi Germany, uh, yeah. brings her back and adopts her as his daughter.
0: Right. Um, yeah. it Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm like, I was like going to continue
1: old. moving on, but uh, you got yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, you know, we then finally we're you know, we're reaching towards the climax where the Kurgan is going to get together with Connor And one of the scenes I did like, and was actually really uncomfortable, but in a, in a kind of like a good way, I guess, is the scene at the church. Yeah. Right. Because the, it really helps solidify the Kurgan as a pretty awful villain. Like I will say it right now of all the movies we've watched, he is one of the best villains we've seen. He's really good. He's really good and he's like, you hate his guts. Like you do want his ass dead at the end of this movie because he's being super inappropriate to the nuns. He's he licks the priest's palms, which is gross. Uh, And I, I try to think, I thought I wrote some of his lines down that were pretty inappropriate in there, but just crazy. Uh, And then he does have a couple battles with some of the other Highlanders, which are fun fights. Like the one in the alleyway is cool. Yep. You know, and we talked about earlier how he's driving around, running people over. <laughs> all that
0: well, kind of... I, I just want to touch on real quick that when he's fighting, uh, it's like uh, Connor's brother, Connor's brother, Connor's buddy cast the gear or whatever. Yeah, there's a little scene where they have a flashback and all this stuff. But when he's fighting him in the alley and there's like that like random bit where that like military guy shows up with like the Uzi mm-hmm. and like, yeah, and then like that. The dude gets, like, stabbed through the gut, and he, like, lifts him up in the air and throws him down, and then he's, like, still alive at some point in the movie. I'm like, that dude should be dead, I feel like. He got <laughs> impaled by that big sword of the curtain and lifted off the ground, and then it's like, oh, no, he's fine, but whatever.
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised to see him at the hospital later on. Oh, yeah, um, I did. I did like though when the the old lady and the old man show up in the car, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and he just got, he just takes the car. Hi, that, mom. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was kind of fun, uh, and I liked how the old woman is climbing the roof when he's when she's getting when uh-huh. she's uh yeah. That was hilarious too, um, but yeah, so. Well, I yeah, because because uh,
0: Connor and, and Brenda kind of figures out what's going on that uh, Connor's been alive forever. Uh, she confronts him about it. Then they like immediately hook up. Right. Um, I want this down. Like, why are they kissing?
1: This is kind of oh, weird. Know.
0: This is after she stabs him. Oh, that's <laughs> right. She stabs him to prove that he she, he wants to prove that he's immortal. So she like stabs him, and then they kiss, and then they go to the bone zone, uh, and then they're like. <laughs> <laughs> And then so the, romantic.
1: Let me stab you, and then he'll stab something into her. Uh, then, <laughs> then, they're
0: that, so like they're kind of at the zoo the next day, like talking about it. But the Kurgan somehow sneaks up behind him and like sees that she's important to him. So he goes and kidnaps her, and that's when you get that great scene when he's just. Probably my favorite scene in the movie when he's just driving from New York. He's just driving through the streets, causing accidents. He goes on the sidewalk and starts running over people. He yeah. runs over like a motorcycle. And she's just like screaming the whole ride. And he's like screaming. And he's like covering his <laughs> eyes. And he's just like,
1: it was... It was insane and, and, then, and then queen is playing the theme from new york new york uh-huh. <laughs> yeah it was wild oh by the way did you guys see that the
0: uh the cameo of the director he was the yeah. first guy that he runs over on the sidewalk is yep. the director of the movie but um but yeah so he like he kidnaps her and tells connor they have. that's when they kind of have their big showdown at the end of the movie and it's a it's a really long fight they're like fighting on a roof and there's like signs falling over and they fall through the roof and then they're like Fighting down in this like abandoned warehouse, um and he eventually kills the Kurgan and he cuts his head off. And he says there can only be one. And then we get the big like everything explodes. Quick, and, <laughs> yeah, everything explodes and he's lifted off the ground. There's a lot of lightning. It gets pretty trippy. There's like a there's like kind of like like a dragon or something's like <laughs> flying around. I don't know what's going on. And but, they like, zoom in on his eye. Yeah. And then like, then they go back to Scotland and that's when they try and give us that explanation of what the prize is. And it's like, oh, you can read people's thoughts and stuff like that. it's like, I feel like they had a lot of good ideas for this movie, but they were like, what's the prize? I don't, I don't know. Like, What if he could just like read people's thoughts and now he's like mortal. Okay, just go with that. Um, yeah, because I was confused by the end because they go back to Scotland and they talk about what the prize is. And they're like, yeah, you can like have kids and die now. And like, that's the end.
1: Yeah. Right? Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of magic by yep. Queen plays, which is a good song, but yeah.
2: yeah. Um so I uh, yeah, I'll talk about the sequel now. So this Bananas sequel, the whole premise of the movie is about the uh the ozone layer being depleted. So Connor has this technology company that creates a Uh, like a shield over the world or over a particular city uh, to protect people from radiation, but it also blocks out all of the sun's rays. So it's essentially dark all the time and he's aging still. um, But somehow another Highlander shows up and he kills it and gets all of his youth back. But here's the crazy part. So the movie was filmed in Venezuela right as their economy collapsed so as the movie was getting going, the inflation in the, in the economy, the inflation in Venezuela skyrocketed. So they kicked Russell Mulcahy off of directing the film and the producers took over and changed everything. So now the Highlanders are from a planet called Zeist.
0: <laughs> right?
2: And Ramirez uh, gets resurrected and brought back because he has some kind of link to Connor uh this is all
1: in the same movie in the second movie
2: yeah in in the second movie it's all the second movie yeah yeah (laughs) and um and and then it just kind of gets wilder and wilder from there and so then the third movie comes out and just they're like no the second movie never happened they completely ignore it (laughs) and uh basically the third movie is the actual direct sequel to the first movie
0: my understanding from what I read, and maybe this is wrong, but it made it seem like that every time they make another Highlander sequel, they basically ignore everyone but the first one. Like, For the that most was part. My, Is that like there's a fourth one, and they kind of just eh, ignore the second and the third one, and then they made like that one, the Endgame one, but that kind of ignores everything besides the first one and the series, and they don't really all connect together very well. Yeah,
2: they don't. Um, Endgame is kind of the kind of the, it was uh, sort of the, I guess, the end one. It was supposed to be the end one. There's one more after it. One of them has
0: Mario Van Peebles in it, right? Yeah, that's the third one. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's the third one. Uh, but the second one, the, the, the end game is like, Connor comes back to help Duncan, and in order for Duncan to have enough power, he has to cut off the head of Connor so that he can defeat the final Highlander and then Duncan gains the prize which is to give birth to the Messiah.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool.
2: There's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, so I have a bunch of role reversals
0: okay.
2: because apparently this movie was shopped around. Uh, so for Ramirez, uh, Lee Van Cleef, Clint Eastwood, <laughs> Malcolm McDowell. I think Malcolm McDowell would have been pretty good.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Gene Hackman.
1: Who I think would have been... No. Glenn. Really? Oh, I think... No. Hmm.
2: Michael Caine. Oh. And uh, Peter O'Toole.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: For Kurgan, we got Rutger Hauer. I don't fun. know who that is. Uh, He's in... Uh, have you seen um Blade Runner? Yeah. He's the, the white-haired, like, the main replicant player. Oh, okay. Player.
1: Yeah, uh, that'd be fine. Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
2: Scott Glenn no uh, no and here's one roy scheider <laughs>
1: nope you're gonna need a bigger boat
2: yep uh let's see for brenda uh, i don't know who he's brooke... not even
1: a villain he's never been a villain has no. he yeah that doesn't make sense uh, yeah.
2: brooke adams i don't know who that was but she was the first choice and then like a massive list rosanna arquette jennifer beals tanya roberts elizabeth brooks karen allen lorraine Bracco, kate Capshaw. Glenn Close, Linda Fiorentino, Linda Hamilton, Diane Lane, Demi Moore, Annette O'Toole, Elizabeth Perkins, uh, Catherine Mary Stewart was cast, and then two weeks before, dropped out. And <laughs> yeah, didn't, she probably looked at the script and
0: was like, uh, I, I think I know what the reason is.
2: <laughs> and uh, Kurt Russell was cast and then turned down the role so he could make Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, and then after that, they cast Mark Singer, but then Mark Singer didn't do it. And then they had a bunch of other people. And at one point in an interview, Hulk Hogan said he was approached to do it. <laughs> I saw that. saw that. Which I don't know whether to believe that or not.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That would have been fucking awesome. That would
2: that did something. Uh, but yeah, so this movie went to everybody and ended up with someone who couldn't speak English. Listen here, brother.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna fucking take this sword and chop your head off. <laughs> He's not Nixon.
0: <sighs> what are you scary. gonna do,
1: brother? What are you gonna do, brother, when the Hulkamaniacs chop heads all over you? <laughs> Too much. No. Um, right. uh, I want to see that movie right now. So do we
2: want to rate this thing? Is there anything else we need to add? the one thing
0: i one thing i want to mention yeah we didn't touch on this and it's the one thing that i always remember uh my dad telling me about this movie and so one thing that stuck with me is him like describing the Kurgan in like the the 1986 six scenes where he's like dressed like this like full-on punk rocker and he's got like the leather Uh jacket with like sleeve and then he like at one point he shaves his head and he puts all those like safety pins like in his Mm -hmm. neck and stuff and that's kind of like some of the uh, the iconography because I just – I always remember my dad describing the movie to me and just – that was the one thing you know, I remember him telling me about like how he's all like this huge guy with like just completely like punk rock in the 80s. And I kind of like the way they go with it. You know, like uh, his look in the movie is great. And we, I just wanted to bring that up. Did your dad like the movie? yeah i think my dad i mean I, I i mean i remember like i said i i know he enjoys the movie i mean i haven't asked him about it recently but i do remember him telling me about it a lot And like i said that's the one thing there there's certain things from movies that i never saw that my dad would tell me about and i think i explained to you in in total recall was when he like him describing him like pulling the thing through his nose yeah. to me and the thing for highlander is him describing the kurgan and like his punk rock outfit and stuff and <laughs> So when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. That makes perfect
2: sense. And I love how he shaves his head, but leaves like one patch of hair, like on the (laughs) side toward the back.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's he's crazy. So, um, but yeah, no, that's all I had. I just, I, I I would have been sad if we didn't talk about his look. So, all
2: right, let's write this thing. All right. Who wants to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, I enjoy this movie a lot, obviously. Um, I was the one who brought it up. Uh, I like all the fight scenes, you know, most of the acting's not great in this. Um, but, um, the Kurgan's great. And, you know, Sean Connery is Sean Connery. Uh, and the fight scenes are great. And, you know, I don't know how else to describe it. I just enjoy the movie in general. I've seen it so many times at this point. Um, I'm going to give it, you know, objectively, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I was going to give it a four, but objectively I'll say three and a half.
1: Uh, I can go next. Uh, honestly, I, I kind of agree with LPJ. Like the action scenes are fun. The acting is not the plot is kind of, weird and we mentioned it it's disorienting how things go back and forth um but the villain is really cool and the action is really good so ugh. I think I'm gonna have to go though I think I'm gonna go two and a half machine guns I was thinking three but I, I I don't think I can quite give it that cause I don't know if this is something I need to see again so I'm gonna make it a two and a half I'm happy I saw it, but what about the soundtrack? The soundtrack gets fucking five <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, i I'm right around with you guys on this one i I enjoyed it. It, it was a fun watch. Um, I think it would maybe be better on subsequent viewings because I do think even knowing some of it going in, I think this movie does, and I'm fine with the high concept, high mythology like that. I don't have a problem with the movie with that. I just like when a movie does a better job explaining it, and I think this movie kind of glosses over a few things and doesn't. Ex- not that I wanted to stop the movie and kind of like, du, 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 du. but I think it could do a better job of explaining the rules and what everything means. Um, but yeah, you're right. The the action scenes, all the sword fighting, is really cool, um, and, and Clancy Brown is awesome in this. Like the curtain is amazing. Um, so I, I think I'm actually going to split the difference between you guys and I'm going to give it uh three machine guns. Cool. Yep. Yeah. I think it's totally fair.
2: No, when,
0: I agree. Uh, what I want to know, what I want to know LBJ is when are you and Dave going to start an offshoot podcast where you just go through the entire Highlander TV series?
2: You know, that's not a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> I would absolutely do it. Uh, yeah, I would absolutely do it. We could end like with all the, all the movies. Yeah, we could do that.
0: I'll, I'll pitch him the idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it
2: goes. <clears throat> I gotta see if I can find it anywhere other than having to buy it. <laughs> I don't I want to pay for it.
0: Wait, it was like a syndicated show, right? Like, it yeah, was, it was it was like, a
2: Canadian show. It was uh, it was pretty much all Canadian, and then they uh, syndicate they sold their, yeah syndication rights here in the U.S.
0: Oh, got it. And uh, Lambert was actually on like the first couple episodes, right?
2: He was in the first episode and the last movie.
0: Okay, Dave told me that he was on the first episode and that they fight a guy in the movie who's played by Bull from Night Court. That was yes. some of the knowledge he dropped on me. Yes,
2: that's 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 correct. He's I'm telling you, there are some crazy guest stars that end up showing up in the in that in that series. There's some female highlanders. It's a whole thing. Cool, yeah, cool, they, cool. They introduce like the watchers and they're they're humans who like watch and record the history of the Highlanders. There's a whole there's a whole whole set to it. It's a lot cool, going cool, on cool. a lot going on.
0: Yeah,
2: cool. All right. Well, uh do you, anything you guys want to plug? Since since you're the guest on my show here.
0: <laughs> I wanna plug that um Sphinx and I are looking for a new co host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For our new podcast, it's called the First Action Podcast. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna rate action movies on a machine gun scale, but yeah, we just need a third host for it. Yeah,
2: I'll let you know if I find anybody.
1: I will plug uh, our Patreon special uh, for this month is on Sean Connery. Yep, uh, which obviously is what our movie is about today. So the post credit scene comes out every month on Patreon. Uh, check it out and if you can't check it out that's because you're not giving us money so you should think about giving us money so we can continue to do this and continue to you know use the software and the editing and do all the sorts of good stuff and you know we can only hope that we're going to be back in the studio soon you know fingers crossed maybe this vaccine they keep talking about might be happening soon who knows wouldn't count on it but who knows But if you go to patreon.com slash games of the media, there is a $1 a month and a $5 a month tier. But if you'd like to hear us talk about Sean Connery, and I'll also say all of our past post-credit scenes, you can also listen to. So, you know, it is worth the $5 a month. We've done this show for two years now. So there's a lot of fun stuff that we've talked about. Uh, In fact, October... I believe we talked about our favorite horror action film. Does that sound correct?
0: That is correct.
1: Yeah. So that was a fun episode to talk about as well. So yeah, check them out and uh, check us out on Patreon, please.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, so thanks. Uh, I'm glad you guys semi-enjoyed this movie. I was a little (laughs) up in the air with it. Uh, I didn't know how you guys were going to react, especially you, Sphinx. Um, I didn't hate it. No, you didn't hate it, And, and, and I appreciate that uh so look forward to
0: highlander 2 coming soon no the way you've described this movie it would be a fucking trade to talk about isn't it called highlander 2 the quickening is that what it's
2: called okay that's the other thing they changed too they changed like what the quickening was it's a whole thing i'm not we're not getting into it here you can you can ask (laughs) dave about it at different at a different time he will give you an at-length explanation
0: yeah, what a post credits scene where just you and Dave talk about Highlander 2.
2: Oh, I've only seen it once, but I ended up having to go back and read about it because like I was so intrigued with how bad it was. Man, it was a disaster.
1: I'll tell you what though, I wanted to look it up. It it's not it's not good, but it's not terrible on IMDb. 31%, 4.3 wow. out of 10.
2: I'm surprised it's not lower than that. It's maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> And I've seen some stinkers.
1: I couldn't hunt down the Rotten Tomatoes. I can real quick, I guess.
2: No, it's okay. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated.
0: But we'll be back.